0: Hello, everybody. I am Chris Rivera, Director of Client Relations with Integrity Offshore Staffing, and I hope everybody out there is safe and sound heading into this Labor Day weekend. Uh, if you're doing some um, plans or traveling, make sure to stay socially distanced as much as you can so we can get through this uh, crazy times per se. And i uh, very excited to announce a special guest with me today, Frank Sightley. He's the owner of Sightly and Carstetter CPAs in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, He's been doing this uh, for over 30 years now, and we look forward to some input on uh, practice management and development. So uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But Frank, please introduce yourself and give us some background and uh, take it away.
1: Thanks, Chris. I'm really happy to be here. This is a fun topic for me. I've been speaking about it a lot since April, as you can imagine. I am the managing partner of Steitle and Karstetter CPAs. We're a local firm located just west of Washington, D.C. I am also the CEO of Clarity Practice Management, which is cloud-based practice management software for CPAs and accountants. Uh, This has been, this has been a weird year. This is the tax season that never really ended for us. I hope someday it does just in time for next year.
0: Right. It's uh, uh, between the extensions and then uh, the PPP loans. And it's just one thing after another and a couple deadlines coming up and then we get to breathe and then right back into the traditional season. So with, uh, let's get to it with, with with firms you know hopefully not scrambling anymore but um the idea of a practice management and development situation here so uh, talk to us about that um you know, not only the owner of a cpa firm but you have a company here that uh, provides great value so can you just break it down a little bit some of the basics um and then you know kind of where we where firms should start per se
1: Sure. Practice management to me, or effective practice management, is putting the right people in the right places with the right resources at the right times. What that means is that deliverables to your clients, tax returns, compilations, reviews, bookkeeping, bank recs, follow a standardized system from beginning to end so that you know where everything is in your practice. Uh, Just this morning, I do what I call a project scrub where I went top to bottom through every project I'm in charge of, which is about 120 right now. And what I'm looking for is projects that are hung up in process. The best way, or I should say the worst way to end up with a dissatisfied client is a client who contacts you after three weeks because you haven't been in any contact with them yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely it, it's very important to never forget about them you know, they're they're the most important part and and so in 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 going along that, what's some of the um best practices that you do and that you recommend and and, and how do you kind of work with the firms
1: the The best practices to me center around creating a workflow for your firm that's first of all, customized to your workflow and also makes sense. We do a lot of work both with our CPA firm and with clarity practice management with Lean Six Sigma principles, which basically say any step that either isn't required by the government or doesn't deliver value to a client has to go. And that shows up in some weird ways. Uh, For instance, when you scan, how you scan, when you ask questions of clients, how many levels of review you do. It's a balancing act and you have to be deliberate about how you design those systems.
0: Yeah. Lean Six Sigma is a great process in place to kind of identify and also make sure everything is streamlined. And so if um, if a firm's trying to uh, implement this now, right? Newer firms out there, trying to get their feet off the ground, um, where should they start?
1: I would start with diagramming what your current process looks like from beginning to end, write down every step and very simply at the beginning, start out with who's responsible. Is the firm responsible or is the client responsible? That's sort of the first level. Uh, And I can tell you that the biggest problem in practice management is that we don't bring clients into the process or don't consider them a part of it. They tend to be pretty much the biggest Uh, hang up some time if we're not communicating with them if they don't know what they're supposed to do and when and then after you've diagrammed the current process then start putting in who actually within the firm carries out those tasks and then finally you come back to it and you say okay that's what we're doing what might we be doing in a better way if we step back at a 30,000 foot level and say, hey, we have 25 steps to delivering a personal tax return. Is there any wonder it takes us four weeks to get that done? Maybe we can cut it down just a bit.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, the, you want to make sure, especially with the client, that you properly onboard them, right? And so having a having a the view of what you're doing now, right, you got to find what works, what doesn't work, and obviously what doesn't work how do you fix that and and that kind of leads us into um you know the technology that's out there the cloud technology and so i mean firms have moved over to being virtual are they fully virtual sure are they partially virtual sure but the idea of the technology in place um, first off there's so many solutions so and where should somebody start
1: Uh, I think you have to start with looking at who works a lot with accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers. And and the reason for that is you want to find a vendor that has an existing relationship with whatever tax software vendor you're using, like a CCH or a Pro Series. We've been virtual entirely now for about seven or eight years. And the great thing about the uh, IT firm we use is that if we have a technical problem with say CCH tax software, they contact the vendor. We don't have to contact the vendor and try to pretend that we're technical enough to try to figure that problem out. So that's where you start. You want to start with somebody who does this a lot, who's already run the applications you're going to run. I think the average CPA, I think I saw uses somewhere around 50 applications in the course of a week. That's a lot. And if you think about it, that's true. We have all kinds of little utility stuff and you really need to start with having a firm that understands those applications.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. the, you, you gotta start somewhere and, and a lot of times though there's hesitations. Uh, and, and, and so I, I, I see a lot of firms just having uh being stuck in their, their own ways and you know, it's not broke, right? So why well, fix it? But it just there's a lot of hiccups still. There's a lot of hiccups. So why why do you think there are hesitations and and, and how how should someone kinda overcome that?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest hesitations is security, and I think that's one of the real strengths of actually going to the cloud. If you think about it, no small business can afford the level of security, the level of security hardware and appliances that are necessary to keep your data safe. The bad guys aren't anymore a 15-year-old trying to change the geography grade. The bad guys are using robotic process technology and they harvest all the data they can get. They then go back later and say, hey, what can we do with this data? And guess what CPAs and tax preparers have? We have direct deposit information, which is almost the holy grail of information because they can steal money directly from people this way. The reason we went to the cloud was almost entirely security because we realized that we had no possibility at our firm size of being able to afford what we needed. And the people we work with have full-time people who do security all day long. It's, it's not a 100% my wife's in cybersecurity. She says, there's no such thing as secure. <laughs> there's only levels of risk. And in the cloud, your levels of risk are many times fewer than they are with on-premises servers
0: yes, well said uh, there's no there's no such thing as um it uh, fully secure or even privacy anymore I, I look at all these uh I read the fine print whether you go to a bank or you're just reading contracts, and it's like what can you change about what companies disclose and it's like nothing, <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing. It's like okay, right so no it's very important to make sure one reputable company you know try to work with the uh, one you're with now, see how they have everything being implemented. And um, just let's let now, with the in the back to the client, right? Um, so onboarding and showing the clients. And so how do you reassure if somebody's just used to bringing in documents or used to one-on-one meetings and and and, and then all of a sudden they have to send things digitally? You know, so there are hesitations there. How, how, what would you say you could recommend kind of how to make the clients a little bit more at ease
1: with this. I think the hesitation is probably more in the CPA and accounting firm's mind than it is with the clients. They're doing e-banking. They're doing Amazon. They're doing Facebook. They expect to interact digitally with their major service providers. Brokerages, uh, you basically can't talk to a brokerage person anymore if you try to get in contact with some of the major ones. They expect us to be digital. And, it really, and, and the pandemic really just accelerated a trend. And our firm, over 75% of our clients loaded all their documents to Clarity and we took it from there. This past year with the pandemic, it was 85%. It, it gives you an incredible set of efficiencies. Uh, and, and if you are careful and manage the relationships with clients, it is zero hurdle.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I see that, too, where the the uh, one or two of uh, the partners or associates mindset encompasses what maybe 50 or 100 people are thinking. Right. And so you're absolutely right when saying that, you know, you you, you haven't even asked the clients, you know, and, and so if you're thinking this. Um, Everyone else is absolutely right. No, no, it's, it's the clients may be wanting to do that. And so they're just waiting for you to tell them, you know, it's your job to kind of lead them and guide them along the way and make them feel comfortable through this. So yeah, absolutely right. Um, so, all right, so we got practice management in place, talk about some of the cloud technology, you know, security being the number one uh, question and, and concern now, you know, we're we're remote working, right? So. Are you, is your firm, um, have you, got, you guys are virtual last seven, eight years, but are, are you still working remotely or how's that set up right now?
1: Right now we're working sort of how employees want to work. Uh, okay. We have people coming in two to three days a week. I do what I've done for probably a half dozen years is I work sort of hybrid days. I'll come into the office and work four or five hours to be available to staff. And then I go home and get my real work done, work for a few hours at night when it's relaxing. And I can also beat the traffic that way. I mean, I can leave the office at two o'clock, beat the DC traffic and I'm home and I'm happy and I'm ready to work again without any interruptions for a few hours.
0: Absolutely, it's, it's uh, most, uh, most companies in other industries, because uh, remote working, God, it's been around since the '80s. It's nothing new. It didn't yep. start, you know, and back in March or April this year. Many industries do not have offices; they're fully virtual. But yes, in the in the accounting industry here, we see that must go into an office, must be in a controlled environment per se. But no, you got to have the flexibility. You're absolutely right. If you want to go into the office, if you need to go in uh, for your specific duties or tasks go in if you want just a different environment. Uh, flexibility, especially if firms that are looking to hire now, um, it, it's going to be, uh, for the uh, potential candidates, gonna be very appealing to them. And so having that flexibility and then making sure that, um, that they're still being held accountable and what the expectations are, but you gotta have the flexibility. And, and the, the mindset of always having to be in the office is the only way to get things done not it's not it's not the case whatsoever right so you you have to be able to um uh uh, understand the environment speak with your associates you know gauge their thoughts uh be collaborative and and and, in the in the approach to how you're going to be working with your firm and the, the 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 staffing challenges um i've i've seen a lot of um firms where Some of the employees do not enjoy working remotely or they don't know how to work remotely. Um, You know, have you experienced that? And if you have, you kind of, where's some guidance on um, assisting new employees or current employees in that type of environment?
1: I've gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of firms after what happened basically with the shutdown on March 15th. And initially everyone's thought was productivity went straight into the toilet. But when we sat back and we analyzed that a little bit, what we really found out was that for the most part, clients had slowed down uh, responding to us. And a lot of them didn't really care about the third week in March, about April 15th anymore. So I think we found out internally and a lot of other firms found out it wasn't so much a productivity problem. But what I would say is you should think about helping your employees stay productive. And by that, I mean, putting their home, first of all, finding out what they have for a home system, making certain they have a router that's set up correctly and consider putting them on your tech support plan. Uh, What that does, first of all, is that it ensures that they have all the same security tools you have. And also take a look at what they need in terms of printers and scanners. When we saw this was coming, we basically went around the office to everybody and said, what do you need at home? For the most part, it was monitors. And we happened to have all kinds of, I overbought monitors somehow. So we just gave everybody monitors and said, go, you know, (laughs) and it worked out really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you, you you hit it on the the dot with dependable Wi and helping them set up. I'm in New York city. And so there's a lot of instances where friends and colleagues, they don't, Pay for Wi-Fi. They're using the neighbors or the free public Wi-Fi, yeah. and it's important to have good Wi-Fi for security yes. too. Um, but most importantly, yeah, create an office environment, right? So it's it's it, it's very important. I had a one uh, one of my clients, and
1: he
0: he was sitting on a uh, a workout ball, and he just was on his kitchen table because <laughs> the kids were using the chairs, and he's he's just like I I, I can't do this anymore, and so you know, you think you're working at home. Oh yeah, just lay in the bed. You're going to fall asleep or uh, I could just um, you know, kitchen table. And then, but yet you have everybody home and the distractions are there. So yeah, you got to set up a comfortable environment that you could be productive in because there's a lot of distractions. You got to be disciplined, time management. And so um, so uh, the next thing, right? So uh, now you have re- remote working has opened up the eyes Um, especially in the accounting community, that remote could be anywhere, right? It could be down the street, be in DC, could be in New York, or it could be overseas, offshore, right? So uh, what are your experiences with uh, offshore staffing and and, and working in that type of environment?
1: I should maybe start out with, we've had a group of about 15 remote part-time employees working with us for at least a dozen years. So we were familiar with that a little bit. But this past year, we got into offshore staffing uh, and it works the same as it does having an employee in Arizona, you know, for instance, because you have time challenges there as well. The key thing is that you've got to have well-established processes so that they can work with you the way an employee in the office can Now, obviously they can't walk around the corner and ask a question so you need some kind of collaboration platform uh, where they can leave a message and you can leave a message back and that works for us we use our clarity practice management system for it but you can also set up teams you can set up a, a whole bunch of slack a whole bunch of environments that allow for collaboration and to, to us it really worked great now we have access to an international talent pool. When we were starting to think back last October, we had tapped out pretty much the U.S. client talent pool.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the remote team in place, great. Now you have an offshore team uh, assisting. And, and, and yeah, it, 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 the, the, the talent that's available out there, people just think it's an American workforce and it's always been a global workforce. And now it's made them realize let's explore it and see the options out there. I mean, as long as they're dependable and, and, and they're um, uh, experienced and they, they are you know, comfortable in that type of environment working with you and you interview them and, and this is, you treat it like it's your own employee just because it's, it's remote and you may not ever see them. Uh, there's so many tools and technology out there that you need to utilize and understand and and access this talent and, and, and be able to take off you know, certain um, uh, gaps in your firm, right? They have the ability to do um, data entry, they have the ability to do team leads or mid-level management to help that, uh, the projects for the senior level. And then, or you need senior level, you know, assisting everybody and make overviewing the work. A lot of times I see the backlog or what's being bogged down is the um the reviewers right so you need more of them and so you need to you know assess what you have now um see where you can grow opportunities and and bottom line how you can help out your clients is the most important thing
1: you hit the nail on the head with the reviewers because that's a big issue for us internally it's it's very hard to find reviewers so this coming year we're going to hire offshore staff to be doing some reviews and the time difference really turns out to be more of a benefit than a hindrance because you can assign a return at 4 PM Eastern time. You come back the next morning and the questions are ready for you to send to the client. I mean, you really almost pick up a day that way. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like how you're um, no more late nights or anything like that. You just assign the work. Absolutely they're starting it while um, we're here sleeping. You have somebody beginning that work, it's on your desk ready for review. And there's just so many more benefits to the time zone difference than there are, you know, any type of uh, cons to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, well, I wanted to um, thank you again for joining me. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention to our audience or or talk about right now, Frank?
1: just that I think the way to get started is to get started. Uh, we we have a limited amount of time before January and February are back around, and and we don't know how we're going to be working next year. So I think going remote and considering offshore staff to beef up your internal teams I think is the way to go.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. If you uh, what's to say if you fail the plan, then you plan to fail pretty much. So make sure that if, you, if anything was to happen, another pandemic or anything other that's uh, catastrophic or just a, a, a disturbance, you're ready. You're ready for it, right? Having everything in place, having a remote team, local team, um, bring it on. You know, you'll be able to overcome anything nowadays. And so it's very important and in, in, in keeping an open mind and be able to, um uh, facilitate for your for all your employees be that leader in your firm and and then the clients will just come to you because they trust you they like you and 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 they'll be there for you so all right well frank thank you so much for joining with me today um any plans for the holiday weekend
1: uh not really for the holiday but i will tell everybody that over september 15th i'll be working from the beach at emerald isle (laughs) And last year I did the October fifteenth deadline, and I've worked the final four. I've gone to the final four NCAA tournament. Three nice. To worked from there, so that's what remote work. That's how it can be fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing. Um, uh, I'm taking a little mini vacation myself. I'm leaving tonight, but I'm doing another podcast tomorrow and remotely, and that's the best part of it. You know, help, helping and educating our audience. But yeah, you can be wherever, you're, wherever you want to be and on the beach. That's great. Yeah. So um, awesome. Well, uh, to our audience out there, uh, thank you so much for listening in. Hope you guys learned some things today. Be able to help you and your firm growth uh, strategies. And um, uh, for now, you know, take care. Thanks for everyone for your time.